0: going also push record on my phone. <laughs> just, just, you know, to be safe case. Um, so I was joking this week with Matthew and Aurelia that like, <clears throat> I need a book or an online course entitled how to preach when you're depressed and you've lost faith in humanity. And I looked for that book at the library and they, it, they didn't have it and I was out of luck. Um. So uh, I don't have any ability to hide my emotions and why should I even waste energy trying? I've been, um, depressed and dispirited lately um, after witnessing what I perceive as like the willingness of individuals to spread this virus willy nilly and the willingness of individuals to embrace Christofascism and violence and Christian nationalism and seeing these events unfold over the last five years has taken a really profound toll on my belief in human goodness. And I know that I'm not alone in that, and I'm not expecting anyone to fix that here. Like, this is not going to fix that. Um, And also, you know, I do feel a little bit better now that the inauguration has come and gone, and it's behind us, and there was no violence done. Hallelujah. But, um, I mean, like, even Michelle Obama said on her podcast recently that she was dealing with a low-grade depression. And I know that that's kind of fairly ubiquitous right now. So... On one hand, I'm making light of that depression just a little bit and kind of minimizing it in jest, but I'm also acknowledging the seriousness of it because we have so much work ahead of us and we've had to be so resilient for so long. And we've had to deal with an erratic government and a horrifying pandemic and the further uncovering of a racist and casteist America that we don't like knowing that we're a part of. And many of us are just empty. Like where we were once filled with optimism, we're now empty and careworn. And we're learning just how naive and illusioned we have been. And And grasping at kernels and straws of progress and trying to stay hopeful. So here we are, in epiphany. And I'm supposed to be speaking to you today about some grand epiphany that I've had this year. Like some spark of wisdom that has come to me. And y'all, I just can't do it. I mean, part of me just kind of feels like rolling my eyes at even at the thought of it. So, I mean, if I've had any epiphany this year, it's that I'm still holding on to the absolute most basic tenets of my faith. I preached a sermon a while back. It was in 2018, and the title of it was Why Jesus? And I read back over it this week going like, "Like, what is it that I'm hanging on to again? And if there's any epiphany for me to share with you today, it's simply that that sermon still holds up for me. Like, hallelujah. The reasons that I'm hanging on to Jesus now are the same ones that I was the same reason that I was hanging on to him that, and that the elements still hold. I don't, I don't have any faith in Christians, little c, but I have faith in Christ still. I don't have any faith in humans, but I still have a little faith in Christ in us, the hope of glory. Why? Because Jesus embodies beauty and forgiveness. Jesus practices and preaches and prays oneness, just as we heard in the text of John 17. But most of all, because Jesus suffers alongside of us, And he emerges from the tomb still with the wounds of empire on his hands and his feet. And Jesus dives deep into what it means to be human with us. He does not shun pain. He does not avoid paradox. He does not avoid sick people. He does not protect the rich at the expense of the poor. He does not pretend oppression doesn't exist. He does not ridicule disability. He does not hide from poverty behind a border wall. Jesus has gone into the nooks and the crannies of human experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And Jesus is with me, even in my depression and disillusionment, offering every morsel of himself to me at my disposal. And all of his love, and all of his patience, and all of his forgiveness, and all of his beauty and his wisdom, the same place that Jesus gets his is where I get mine. I could stop talking right now and you would have received the very best preaching that I have to offer you. But here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna practice being my own best friend because I am my own best friend. Hey, there's just a little extra epiphany for you. It's a freebie. Learn to be your own best friend. And I'm going to say today out loud the sermon that I most need to hear. And hopefully it'll help you too. And in that posture, just let me like, let me keep talking here for, for just a minute from inside of a depression. Let's just unpack that, that last sentence from this low vantage point. That's the sentence, the same place that he gets his is where I get mine. I have preached that to you from a place of hopeful optimism and creative fulfillment. And I can preach it to you again from a place of disappointment and disillusionment. The place where Jesus gets his love, patience, forgiveness, wisdom, strength, joy, is where I get mine and where is that? Where might the courage and the strength to bear witness to humanity as it is in all of its flawed and fragile and ego obsessed and warmongering and worrisome and peaceless tendencies and then to love it anyway, where might that come from? From within, from inside himself. And the same place that he gets his is where I can get mine from within myself because I, too, am a container of the divine. Why might Jesus go around all the time saying the kingdom of God is near at hand? And and what he says about the community of heaven being right here, near enough to touch. Why might he say that so many times trying to get us to realize it? Where is it again? It's near at hand. Where's that? Within. In Luke 17, Jesus comes right out and he says it. This is verse 20. It says, once Jesus was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God was coming and he answered, the kingdom of God is not coming with things that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there it is. For in fact, the kingdom of God is within you. That's Luke 17, 21. Elsewhere, Jesus says that what he's offering to us will become in us a spring of water welling up to eternal life. An eternal stream within. That's in John 4. Ramdas, totally different tradition. Here's how he says it. Ramdas says, All that you seek is already within you. In Hinduism, it's called the Atman. In Buddhism, the pure Buddha mind. Christ said, The kingdom of heaven is within you. I just quoted it to you from Luke 17. Quakers call it the still small voice within. This is the space of full awareness that is in harmony with all the universe and thus is wisdom itself. Ramdas, Christ. What you seek is within you. What you need is within you. What you most require is within you. And is it still there when I'm feeling depressed and disillusioned? Yeah. Is it still there when I'm not smiling? Yeah. Is it still there when I'm grumpy about the way the world is turning out? Yeah. Is it still there when I'm realizing that all the history I was ever taught was grossly whitewashed? Yeah. Is it still there when I feel abandoned by a religion and leaders that I once held in high esteem? Yes. Is it there in the hills just like it is in the valleys? Yeah. Is it there regardless of my feelings about how I'm being treated? Yeah. Is it there regardless of whether I'm conscious of it in any given moment? Yeah, it is. I have access to everything I need. I have access to streams of living water and to wisdom personified and to strength embodied and to resurrection resilience, to abiding joy and to a peace that goes beyond my ability to understand and to resources, to wisdom. And so do you, my friends. And what is our work on any given day at any given moment? What is our work? Our work is to go within and get what we need. Our work is to tap in, to corral our awareness to the inner riches and to attune ourselves to the divine flow of living water within. This doesn't mean that we don't need community or that we don't rely on one another. In fact, it's the opposite. We need each other to help us uncover what is within us. We need each other to help us see ourselves. We need to mirror each other back to one another. What is the truth that lives in you? Have you ever had someone tell it to you? Am I telling it to you now? You know, the old saying, people say it in various ways. Something like, whatever most annoys or enrages you about other people is inside you. Eckhart Tolle puts it this way. He says, the particular egoic patterns that you react to most strongly in others and misperceive as their identity tend to be the same patterns that are also within you but that you are unable or unwilling to detect within yourself. This is part of how people mirror us back to ourselves. Look, guys, did one of us learn anything by looking in the mirror that Donald Trump so generously provided us for the last five years? I hope we did. It's one reason I can get up in the morning and say thank you, God, for Donald Trump because he showed us in no uncertain terms who we are. There's a moment. In Matthew 23, when Jesus says something striking, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean. In the same way on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. We have been shown the bones of the dead within empire's whitewashed tomb. And we may require some internal scrubbing and decluttering. We may be at times full of the bones of the dead. And we may have to occasionally take out the trash. And that is so that we can once again find access to the streams of living water that flow within us so that we can get back to that which is inherent within us and inherited by us so that we can return to our imago dei and not to some distorted and power hungry ego grabbing ghost of our true selves. In Ephesians 2 Saint Paul says we are being built together into a dwelling place for God's spirit. We are being built together Into a dwelling place for God's Spirit. St. Paul also refers many times to uh, the mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And around here, we often call this our Imago Dei. It's our being made in the divine image, our having divine heritage, divine DNA. And because of that, we have that scriptural metaphor, again from St. Paul, of us being members of God's immediate family, what we call the kingdom, because we're kin. And therefore, we share in the inheritance of that family as children of God and having access to all the resources that God has access to. We also have that prayer of Christ at Gethsemane where Christ prays that we would be one with him just as Christ and the Godhead are one and having access to all the abundance of spirit and all the resources that the the, the divine shares in, access to abundance. And so we have over and over. Okay, the reinforcement of the scriptural testimony. That I think that modern U.S. Christianity will see, with its preoccupation with scared, scarcity and its cultish reliance on bombastic external authority figures, mostly misses by a mile. Which is everything that you or I truly need is within us already. You don't need to search outside yourself for happiness or joy or peace. You don't need to search outside yourself for strength or resilience. You don't need to search outside yourself for certainty or reassurance or wisdom or guidance. You only need to find the divine within and bring your awareness to it. In some cases, my friends, this will mean that we need to tear down some resistance we may have built up. In some cases, it will mean that We need to do some internal housekeeping to carry out some bones of the dead. But you won't know that until you get brave and go within and look. The desert fathers and mothers had a saying in their early Christian tradition, which was, go sit in your cell and your cell will teach you everything. For some of us, this might be a call to strip away some of our distractions. I'm preaching to myself here too, Here, so hear me. What's distracting your attention away from the source, capital S, the source within you? Is it alcohol? Is it social media? Is it video games? Is it diet culture, is it dating apps, TV, workaholism? What is it? And for some of us, this might be a call to take down some walls of resistance that we've built. So what's creating resistance within you and disallowing the flow of living water within your soul? Is it skepticism? Is it distrust? Is it fear of solitude, of being alone? Is it fear of your own shadow? Of what you might uncover if you take a look inside? Is it your pride? Do you talk too much? Not listen enough? Are you entrenched in seeing yourself as a victim or as a martyr, and not seeing yourself in the light of truth? Whatever it is, my friends, be ruthless. Remember Hebrews 12, which says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Because, you guys, as co-heirs with Christ and as members of the commonwealth of heaven, And children of the great parent who is God, you are entitled to everything. The keys to the kingdom are yours. And that kingdom is within you, bubbling up and waiting for you to discover it. And the world needs it. The world needs you. The world needs you to know at the level of your bones and blood that the kingdom resides within you. Because when you know it that deeply, then your actions shift from self-service to collective service. When you know it that deeply, your imagination comes alive with what can and will be in this world, this new day. When all beings are safe and loved and have their needs met when the poor are satisfied and the sick are cared for the day when there's no condemnation the day when there's neither slave nor free nor male nor female but all are called and all are filled with the spirit and power of god the day when the meek which just means the ego free inherit the earth so be ruthless in casting off Whatever distracts or encumbers or clutters your soul up so that you can participate in bringing about what's coming. And also, so you can enjoy your life. Everything you need can be found within. The mystery dwells within you. As Christ said, seek and you will find it. Amen. Thank you, Fran, so much. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Okay, I get to help with the lit.